I was working for her of her own. I did for better or worse. And one of the times I I mentioned like her former assistant, guy named John Rizzo, who had, you know had passed away at the time. And I mentioned uh, I wasn't quite sure if she would remember at all because I mean, how many times has she flown around and and done all these things? But I I, I let her know that I'd done that, and I I think she remembered, or she convinced me that she remembered. But it, it was it was really really cool. Can you believe that not only did he have a show on the own network, he had to remind Oprah at one point in her life and in his, <laughs> he was her security before being an actor on a show on our network. Insane. You're going to enjoy this interview with Michael Jai White. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back uh, to a new edition of Naked. I appreciate you all for supporting us. It really means a lot. I'm excited about today's guest. He is an actor. Uh, He is a writer. He is a director. He's also very, very funny. And I don't know if his comedic sensibilities are actually honored. Uh, In his films, you'll see it, such as Black Dynamite. Um, You've seen him in Why Did I Get Married? Why Did I Get Married 2? Uh, he played a mob boss in The Dark Knight, which one, of, which is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the highest, highest grossing films of all time. Uh, he is known for his martial arts ability. Do you know anybody who has about eight different styles of martial arts in which he holds a black belt and eight different styles of martial arts? That's like eight different black belts. Like, it's a lot. I'm saying it so that it makes sense. And I'm also saying it because he can actually beat you down. So be careful. Uh, But he is a sweetheart. I I really appreciate him coming on the show. I'm super excited to have Michael Jai White on the podcast today. Uh, He's a man with immense talent, not just in martial arts, but as mentioned, acting, writing, producing and directing. He has a new film that is out. He is giving us the content that we need especially during the strike. I don't know about you. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and looking and looking. I'm pulling up repeats. And now we have Outlaw Johnny Black. You need it. It's it's the content that you needed, but you didn't know you needed. Um, today on the podcast, we get into his interest in being a kid who loved martial arts. Why? That's his why. We talk about how he was a teacher uh, before he began acting. Uh, Because he considers himself uh, a swift army knife, if you will, right? He can do a lot of different things. He can live in a lot of different worlds. He's a jack of all trades. And then he goes from being a teacher to an actor. But really, his first major role was an off-Broadway play of To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, how is that your first major acting gig? Impressive. And from there on, or rather from then on, he decided to really take this industry and use it for what he could use it for, but make it his own. And I think it's really smart. He talks about how there are very limited roles for black men, handsome black men. And so he had to find his way um, and build his his fan base overseas and here. And he's doing really well. Uh, I appreciate this latest venture because what you'll see is that he's been able to find the best of the best in terms of actors and actresses who are not necessarily considered Hollywood's finest because that's Hollywood's standards. And he's highlighting their talent. Tony Baker, a comedian, friend of mine, is in it. Anika Noni Rose, our Black princess. So many wonderful actors are in this film. And so I hope uh, that you listen to this interview, but more importantly, you go out and support because I feel as if we don't do that enough, uh, especially within the culture. Spread the word. Tell your friends at work. It's for everybody, not just for black folks. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Make. Michael, the last time we saw each other was in Africa. 
Do you remember we went to Ghana on the trip together that Bozema put together? Do you remember I was on that trip and I was harassing you and your beautiful wife? Well, I don't remember that. You see, you don't remember I was there harassing you, seeing that crazy? What a small world. I Please good to see you again. Good to see you again. Like, yeah, you're like, hey, good to see you. I don't know you. Don't you worry. I don't take it personal. I had, I literally had the same thing happen to me when I was at Martha's Vineyard a couple of weeks ago. Somebody was like, oh my God, it was so good. You, ca I came on your show and I was like, it was so good. In my mind, I'm like, I don't remember this person. <laughs> so I understand. Right, right. It's the look. We give up a different look. We give different looks all the time. Well, um, first off, congratulations uh, on Outlaw Johnny Black. I have been seeing so much promotion for this, but you know who I, I see it the most from because I follow this one particular actor. I should follow you you now on the gram uh tony tony baker oh yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah i mean that's a, that guy has been unsung for a long time i that's what i did with it with this movie i just got the best of the best people who mm -hmm. where you sit there and you go how come they're not like mm -hmm. huge <laughs> and so that like everybody in this film is of that ilk yeah well Let's just go back to the genesis of it all. I normally start just getting into childhood and who people are. And you've had such a um, a great career in terms of everyone knows you, I think, culturally, especially. Um, and you have such a unique uh, brand, as the people use the word brand. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm curious about a few things. I don't know anyone who has eight black belts in, in, in various forms of martial arts, let alone, you know, just one. I don't know anyone, actually. So <laughs> if you could, just from the genesis of your story, tell me how your love uh, of martial arts began in terms of being a child. Because I believe that sets you apart from so many people. Well, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have uh, focused in martial arts and that was my outlet growing up, and I, I, I so needed one. I was an insecure kid. And a lot of people who go into martial arts are from that background. They, they you know, they, they want, they, like for me, it was about building armor. Uh, I didn't know I was this, this artist in the hood, you know, but things affected me deeper than they would my brother, who was a, a natural, engineer things just rolled off his back but for me it, it was different and so i had to put a lot of energy into other things you know creative things and um and martial arts became something that i'm, I'm glad i i focused on i'm glad you did too because i feel like when you you got this acting bug because there were things before acting but when the when the when when you became an actor, I feel that's what set you apart. That was a skill set that a lot of people just didn't have. Um, but I'm I'm reading up on you and I'm learning so many fascinating things about prior to acting, how you were teaching. Uh, you were a teacher, a special ed teacher, from my understanding. Um, you had one time in your career, um, in your life, rather, uh, was Oprah's security, personal security for an event, perhaps. I'm really curious about how all of that comes together and the world in which we see you today, uh, and being a writer, director, producing, starring in Outlaw Johnny Black. I mean, just think about all the different lives I mentioned that you've been able to have. And have you always had that interest? Have you been like, let me just try it until it works? Well, yeah, this is really who I am. 
Uh, I remember when I had a 16th birthday party and, um, and I invited all my friends and then it was almost a riot in the, in the party because I was part of so many different warring factions that didn't get along together. And so that's the first inkling that what, what am I strange? But I was part of the jock crew. I was part of the thug crew. I was part of the nerd crew mm-hmm. and the artistic crew all, all at the same time where the pockets are like, what the hell does he have in common with those people? <laughs> but, but so that's been me my entire life. A uh, comedian joked one time, he called me Denzel Van Swartzenhart. <laughs> I love it. Because it's accurate. How, that's how the audience reacted. It's accurate. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was insightful, but I'm like, yeah, it's it's confusing to other people because they, they're used to people kind of uh, fitting on one shelf. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, throughout my life, I, I, I have it. And I've been difficult to describe to other friends. And, you know, and one misconception is everybody thinks I'm this whirling dervish of anger and 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 ferocity mm. i mean i sorry that way but i'm not but like people are scared of me because mm-hmm. probably because i had this uh male rbf mm-hmm. 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 See? Uh-huh. well yeah i guess think i'm about to kill them. yeah but, ask me what i'm thinking about um all the work you have to do what are you huh. thinking about this right here it's kittens playing with yarn. Okay. <laughs> kittens but playing with yarn. So so it's it's just like so people tend to be frightened, but uh-huh. I'm, I'm like a goofball. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, really... I get a chance to write a movie that and and do things that I'm you know, I'm kind of made for. You have um as mentioned, I said you were a teacher. I am really curious. The life before acting, you you were obviously built and had the physique and the look of an actor, but here you are a teacher. How did your students respond to you and their parents? Well, I mean, um, I was a special ed teacher, so <laughs> I had, you know, rough kids, kids who were like me. I've been on my own since I was 14. And I, you know, if not for the outlet of, of martial arts, I would have been in a, <laughs> I don't think I'd be here. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah, so, of course, I'm still that walking dichotomy for the students that are like, what is that? That's not what teachers normally look like. And so I just would, con- you know, I'm confusing to all, like, type of folk. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but so, you know, I, but deep down, that's my natural inkling. And as a director, am I not a teacher? As a writer, am I not a teacher? And so. All those sides just converge, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing what I really feel I was I was born to do uh, now as. Uh, Have you all that other stuff? I feel like you're right. It's all in the same world. You are still you're teaching just a, a different right. a different audience. You know, I absolutely believe there is a, um, a common denom- common denominator, if not a thread that you can weave through all the different things you've done in your career. I I am very, very curious, though. Um, have you talked to Oprah uh, after after the after you worked 
as security for her? Have you talked to Oprah as the actor and star you are? Like, hey, Oprah, do you remember that time? Yeah. You guys ever... Tell me about that conversation. I'm really curious because I always believe that um, it's interesting when people see you in a different in a different space than what they actually know you as, or maybe perhaps she didn't remember. But I'm really curious about how. Oh that no, I didn't expect her to remember that at all. <laughs> because you know, I, I I was working for her of her own. I did for better or worse. It was an own television show, uh-huh. and one of the times I. I mentioned like her former assistant, man named John Rizzo, who had, you know had passed away uh, at the time. And I mentioned, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't quite sure she would remember at all because I mean, how many times has she flown around and, and of course done all these things? But I I, I let her know that that you know I had done that, and I I think she remembered, or she convinced me that she remembered. <laughs> but but yeah. Uh, it was it was really really cool. Uh, so she, she basically was like, "Yeah, of course." Like, you know, like kind of very similar to when what you, you just did to me. Yeah, I'm like, do you remember? <laughs> we were all in Ghana together and had that beautiful spiritual experience. We went to Cape Coast and we talked about the. Yeah, you're, you're like, mm, nope, can't say that. Do. <laughs> but there was eighty of us, right? There was a bazillion of us. I'm totally yeah. fine with that. I got yeah, please. Yeah, totally, yeah. I don't take it. I'm not even taking it personal. Not at all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And plus. Plus, you look at it being married. You look at another attractive woman. <laughs> You're not allowed. One thousand one. One thousand. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So that's you. Uh, yes. You that. Correct. You're correct. Yeah. I, I, I and and I'm speaking about my significant other. I'm, I look at my man. I'm all like, don't be staring too long. You can stare, but don't be staring too long. You don't get your feelings See? hurt. Don't See? get your feelings hurt today. Mm-hmm. In front of me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, okay. It, with that, you get accustomed to just keeping your neck stiff. You're just like, just say, hey, hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you um, star. Okay. You, I don't know how this happens. How do we get the bug? How do we go from special ed to acting? Because the, the biography that I have is that you landed the lead in an off-Broadway play. And from there, you quit your job as a teacher. Yeah. And I and I wonder, you don't just stumble into a lead. You obviously had did some work prior to that. And I wonder what that was. Not really. I, do, I did stumble into a lead, actually. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. I auditioned and, you know, as... But why? Auditioned, but yeah. why did you audition? Oh, I was, I was, I was interested in, I was, okay. my time off from teaching, I would go out for commercials and, and you know, for, you know, the vacations in the summers or whatever, I'd pursue the acting stuff. And, uh, while I was teaching, there was this, there was a first adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird on stage because it was a book and then it was a movie. It had never gone to stage. So this is the first time and it was a big deal. It was starring two like uh Tony Award winners, George Grizzard and Catherine Hooten, who's who's Catherine uh Hepburn's niece. Mm. And um and so it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so usually it was a big deal and all these seasoned actors on there. He, they they pick from a pool of very strong actors, Broadway actors. And uh so, you know, you know, if things were against me, you know, the, the challenge, but 
I, oh, you know, I outshined some seasoned actors to get that role. And uh, incidentally, I, there was a very seasoned actor who was uh, was Samuel L. Jackson's understudy. We have time for Go years. Ahead. Who might it be? Who was we my understudy? Oh. Yeah. Who was it? A Leonard Thomas was my mm-hmm. understudy. And he's famous for, like, he was in several Spike Lee movies. And so that, you know, I thought that was an accomplishment. You know, I've got this guy from Spike Lee movies as my understudy. You know, so. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. 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 I arrived. Yes. 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 All of this is amazing. Um, These are the stories that I love. I love the. Yeah, no, I stumbled into it, but I don't ever believe in stumbling into it. Your curiosity was put in your put on you for a reason, right? That 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 thought that perhaps maybe was given to your spirit for some reason. Um, And I'm curious about that reason. Was it people around you would look at you and say, you should be in movies. You could be Jean-Claude Van Damme. You could be Arnold Schwarzenegger. You could be the black whatever. Like, would people just solicit unsolicited information telling you, hey, guess what? You should be doing this. And is that how you got curious? No, actually. Uh, first first off, like when, when I would recount stories to my friends, my friends sometimes would say, man, you just became that person. And I, I, don't, I didn't realize I would do it. I had this natural ability to emulate people. But um, it, what's interesting as a uh, kind of a leading black you know, actor type, people would naturally say that, right? They say, "Hey, man, you should be, you know, you should be acting." But but what's weird is you don't really see attractive leading black actors work very much. Hmm. Let me think. And because I had to walk this road, it was an interesting thing. At most of people of my group that you could play were maybe so-and-so's boyfriend from the Cosby show, the one of the girl, oh. like, or so, uh, Khadija's date on, uh-huh. on, uh, you know, the, uh, what's the, um, you know, these things that like, yeah, sure. you were more... Living single, I think that might have been. Was that leading yeah. single? Okay, but, I don't but know. There were, I, I found yeah. out that there were not a lot of roles for leading-looking Black men other than very specific roles. There were... It, it's kind of like it worked against you because they... Like, what were cast were... were um character types if you looked more character or very um stereotypical you worked a lot yeah and the guys like myself it was we we were always in this weird pool Mm -hmm. but never considered the leads Mm -hmm. and so if you were white and you had that alpha male characteristics. Well, there's there is a role for a white alpha male in every single thing. Absolutely. 
But you think about it for black men, men alpha mm-hmm. male roles. Mm-hmm. No, you guys weren't. You weren't allowed to be. And you it, were somebody's date, and that's yeah. Or you were some. You were a love interest in a music video. Yeah, I agree. See? I'm agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, well, I could I could name you so many people in my my group that uh-huh. you don't know who they are. You know, but you go. You know, if I say Silk Gozar, oh, oh, you mean so and so's boyfriend? And oh, I see. Or just, I just keep going. I see. I see. I see what you're Definitely saying. Sam's. You go, wait, 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 wasn't it? You know, there's so, but there's so many. So wow. many that, that that you go, wow, it's like Richard Whiten and um, just, you know, there's so many. And it's weird because still to this day, yeah, how many alpha male black men do you see as a lead in anything? Let me think. There's always one or two, right? Even now, right? They give you yeah, one or two. <laughs> Michael B. What? Jordan, maybe, right? He's a younger guy, you know. Okay, but but you know, it, it, but I'm saying, yeah, there's, but still, that still qualifies for the one or two. Yeah, there's and not I, that many. When I say, if you look at of every uh, television show, every movie, there's. The white, yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. So, well, back in the day, though, I feel like, and this is why I love the projects you're working on. Back in the day, I felt like there were more black films made. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. where like a Morris Chestnut was the lead, or a um, Tay Diggs, yeah. if you will. When they, you know, those types of projects. But if you are thinking when they were specifically for the culture, which I love, and that's what I wanted. But if you're saying mainstream Hollywood. They're going for, I had this conversation with Josh Dumel. This is a true story. Mm-hmm. And it was around the time when George Floyd died and he didn't like a comment that I had made um, about the culture. And I understand that people are offended. And I was like, you, I said, you don't even understand your privilege. I was like, you could be an average actor and still star in a blockbuster or still star in what people want to be back then when they were people were going to the movies. You could, that's a privilege. There are so many more black male actors who could actually do what you're doing, but they haven't been like when you think of a superhero who's working on a film as being a superhero. I was like, they're not looking for a Michael Jai White, Jai White for you to be the Captain America because he was playing Captain America in the series. I was like, they're not going to call you up and say, we've got this great role. Not now. I mean, maybe now things have changed since Black Panther, but it's just rare. So I do understand what you're saying. And I wonder, does that frustrate you to this day? I know that you've been able to figure it out and do your own thing, but is is it frustrating? It was frustrating. I mean, I've had things said to me that, that, uh, that you'd be, you'd be shocked at, but I didn't let it stop me. I mean, I was told by, like, especially there there was, there was a time when a lot of martial art movies were, um, a big deal were, yeah, really big deal. And I would be called into studio heads who wanted me to be active and, and they wanted to elicit my my um my help in finding uh and I was told the white me. Uh uh-uh. uh. No I thank swear, you. I, I swear on everything. Oh my God. Right? I would have been furious. How incredibly frustrating. Seriously. I mean that that's that's happened because in this in this business. You know, not many places are allowed to say, no, we're going, we're going black here or we're going white here. This was an industry that 
even my my manager is fine with that talk because you group you you kind of it's part I of the it. whole thing. Oh, yeah, they're looking black. for a black. They're looking for a white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so mine that, too. <laughs> so, so that's part of it, right? Yeah. And so I remember, you know, one one executive saying, "Man, you could be as big as Tom Cruise. Too bad you're black." <gasps> I, I swear. I, I swear. And, and I was like, hmm. So what I so if I let that stop me, shame on me. Mm-hmm. He exposed to me a certain mindset that I had to understand and navigate around because he he wasn't aware of how ignorant that sounded and um and how the fact that action is is global whether you're black white or anything yeah you know, bruce lee bruce Jackie lee chan go down list to had to go back to china and became a superstar because even Roles that he created, he weren't. He wasn't allowed to do. David Carradine starred in the series that he created. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's yeah. it's not a new thing. It's the way that they think. Of course. Yeah, and so if they want to believe that oh, black movies are black doesn't sell overseas, that's their that's their thought. But it's like, but black action is sold. And the black culture is sold overseas like nothing else. But if you, but everybody wants to, uh, they, want to they want an excuse to do what's in their heart anyway. That's it. That's it. That's it. There, yeah. there it is. This is what they want. Like if they really want it, yeah, that's it. You're right. Yeah. And, and, and for, if I, I responded to a TV series, that in the description of it, it said, we want a Michael Jai White type. Well, here I am. <laughs> here I am. And, got- and when I responded to it, and, and I remember other actors were like, what are we doing here? They described you in the description. But then they opted for somebody who was a lot less, uh, I mean, some, someone was a little bit more um, docile mm-hmm. when it came down to it. Sure. Yeah. Or, or, um, we want a Michael J. White light, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. not so heavy. We want to take it, we want to take it medium. We don't want it to yeah. full. We don't, we don't want yeah, the full. Well, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a learning thing, but I, I, I can talk about it because I've navigated around it. And, and you've done it successfully. But, you know, so I, I built my fan base, which is 60% overseas. overseas. Hey, everybody, we got to take a quick break. Pay the bills. I encourage you to listen uh, to the commercials if you choose, right? Because you can find out what's happening with us here at The Black Effect. Or you can press 15, 15, 15, whatever you feel. Back in a moment. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, 
a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements. Along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion. That girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Get naked with Michael Jai White still with us on today's edition of Naked, and he's really funny. It's a dry sense of humor, but you guys, I hope you're listening and laughing with me because I'm cackling. Hope you enjoy. I, I'm very curious, too, and thank you for saying that, how you've been able to build your fan base and, and 60 percent is overseas and that's how you make your living. I'm going down or not necessarily make your living, but that's how you've been able to overcome what 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 Hollywood has said you couldn't do. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking of some of the cult classics. Um, and most recently. In 2008, 
White premiered his first black exploitation film. Do you like it being referred to as that black dynamite at Sundance? Do you like that? Do you like that terminology? Because I, I understand the ignorance of using that term. How do you feel about that terminology? It's unfortunate because movies like Shaft and 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 uh, just amazing movies that existed before the term even exists. I agree. It bridled with this this exploitation term. It's just like it just kind of it just paints a negative picture on movies that were I I consider black renaissance movies. I mean, they talk about like even the movies that Sidney Poitier uh, produced and and directed. Yeah, people might call black exploitation is it's just nothing of the sort. So, but I understand how people's limitation of talking about 70s movie, I kind of carefully say that black exploitation era. You say that. Point. Is that how you refer to it? Yeah, there's a black exploitation era, but sometimes I have to use it just, just to get the, you know, with one word to just get something across. Because in other people's minds, they may not think of the exploitive quotient of that. But I kind of get what they're talking about. But no, I, I have a love-hate relationship with that word. How did you feel about Black Dynamite? Uh, I I kind of really liked it. That's why I wrote it. You, yeah. Did you love? Like, did you like its reception? How did you feel about oh, how absolutely. it was received? How did you feel about how you were able to um, portray yourself and what you the, what you wanted people to understand about the culture? I, I you know I created a layered piece. And it, you know, it uplifted a great deal of people, and it made everyone laugh. Um, but it, but you know, on on a lot of levels, you start going, wait, 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 wait a second. Did you did you create a character that ended up beating up the president and slapping the first lady, and and then we all laughed about it? You know, so like, well, yes, I did. You know, so I mean, but, yeah, I mean, but, but, so, so, but it. it <laughs> It's 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 parody. It's comedy. Um, I, I I played a role that was badass but goofy, and it's just something that's you know it's nothing quite like it. And I celebrated a time that I loved, where you know, yeah, it's kind of like a pendulum swinging, like <laughs> that kept swinging. But it's your art. It's your art, Michael. It's your art. It's your mind. It's your creation. It's what you've been sent here to give us. And it's okay to share whatever your heart says to share, whatever your well, spirit cool. says to share. I love that. I'm, I, I'm a fan of artists. And I, and I, well, because we all are our own arts, right? We are our own artists in our own way. I think that I do still see you and you've been able to live in other worlds in films. Like, why did I get married? And why did I get married too? I did not like you. I was mad at you. You did such a great job. I didn't like your character. Me? Yeah, because Marcus Williams had an STD. Oh, in the first one. Yeah, and he gave it to his wife. No. Who did he give it to? Did, how did she find out? How did she find out? I thought you, I thought you, weren't you married oh, she to me? She Jill's- gave it to me. Oh no! Mm-hmm. I thought you gave it to her because you were cheating. No, to do. I t- oh, wait, I need to go back and watch the film. No, wait, you were you cheating? You wait, wait, were, were you? Yeah. Wait a second, were you cheating? Uh, I guess we both were. 
You know what? But, but when it when it comes, I, to wait, him, I just called you Marcus. You know what? <laughs> well, when it, when it came down to it, who admitted who who got had the STD? You're right. Plot twist. Yes. Thank you so much. I rest my case. You okay? Plot twist. So you know what? Don't okay. You okay? So we're acting like this is real life because I just called you Marcus. You're like, well, she did it. She was cheating too. This is a real conversation. <laughs> well, well, the STD thing is what you mentioned. <laughs> Ain't right. You're not right. Yeah. You're not right. Okay, then you did The Dark Knight, My Boss. I'm just going down a list of films that I that, that people uh, are familiar with. You guys, go back and watch Why Did I Get Married. God, that was, I mean, bang, it's been a minute. Mm-hmm. You just want to be mad. See, yeah, I just ready to be mad at you. About, I'm, about to, I'm ready to jump on the black girl side. Yeah, yeah, be, what, what did we say just like five minutes ago? People want an excuse to do what they Be mad. Do. I was well, mad at you. I was mad at your character. I'm still mad at, I'm still mad at, um, Richard. Mr. Don't. I'm still mad at Mr. from Color Purple. He did nothing wrong. I'm still mad at Mr. from the Color Purple. Okay. I'd I, I be still mad for no reason because <laughs> it was acting. Um, okay, wait. I, I, I digress. Yeah, because this is funny. That's so funny. Then you have, as a, this is here you are, we're promoting Outlaw Johnny Black. Yeah. And I mentioned at the top of this interview that a good friend of mine is in it. And and you described him as one of those. Why hasn't he should have could have. You filled the film with people like that. So you produced it. You directed in it. You wrote it and you starred in it. Are you tired? No, no, I I, I couldn't I couldn't cook. So I didn't do the catering. <laughs> so. But no, I my thing is whatever I do, I'm going to put all my effort into it. So it's, <laughs> well, I'm disappointed you didn't do the catering. That's so yeah, disappointing. Well, you'd be more disappointed if I if did. If you did do it. <laughs> okay. Tell well, me about Outlaw Johnny Black, your your um, North Star, your inspiration, if you will, for this. Yeah, well, I mean, I I started with getting the best cast I could. And I had, I casted amazing, exceptional human beings who happened to be actors. To be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Tony Baker. People mm-hmm. like Nika Noni Rose, Eric mm-hmm. Ash, uh, Glenn Turman, Chris Browning, Browning, Chris Browning. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, then, um, it's everybody. Everybody was so amazing in this in this cast, and reconnecting with uh with Byron Menz, who uh, co-starred with me in Black Diamond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you got people like that, you're you're in good you're in a good place. And, so uh, your your character, you're out to, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, avenge your father's death, and you're also a preacher. Well, I'm 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 posing as, as a preacher. Yes, I'm posing as a preacher to elude the authorities who are on my case. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, you know, hilarity ensues after that. But the humor in posing as a preacher, just in itself, especially in a black church, is hilarious in, in, so, mu- in so many ways, right? Because there's, so there's so much there that you can run with because... Well, we can say what we want to say, but there, I get, I, I feel like I can make fun of preachers and say, well, he might be a crook or I feel like in, 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 I feel like uh, he's pretty much a character. Do we believe him? Is he a shyster? All of the things. Do you find, do you find that sometimes when you are writing 
or creating these projects, you draw from real life examples? Oh, always. always. Who's the preacher? Was it your preacher? Did you know this preacher? Reverend Therrington, it was my preacher, my reverend growing up. And I use his name, uh, Russell Temple EME, uh, (laughs) EME Church in in Bridgeport, Connecticut, on Connecticut Avenue. (laughs) Two doors away from where I live, I used to, he was training me to be a preacher. He had a he had a basement where he had a pulpit and everything else, and he would rehearse his sermons, and I would watch him. Okay. Yeah, I would be there rehearsing with. I mean, it was it was just like that, and so I I I use a lot of my um, man everything that I wrote in there. There's significance. Nice. I used my mom's name. Uh, I used man everything. Yeah. Yeah. Even the guy who owned the town, Sheely. Mm-hmm. Growing up in uh, Columbia, um, Lees, Leesville and Batesburg, South Carolina, uh-huh. uh, a lot of the landowners were named Sheila. Uh-huh. I from there. I so it's, um, <laughs> up there. So there's a, there's a lot of a lot of little Easter eggs and stuff that I have in there. I appreciate that. It's a good. It's something good to know. Good note when they watch the film. Um, I I must because there aren't that many people. And I, I don't know, you uh, help me with this, that there are many people promoting because obviously there's a strike. But you, I believe, had mentioned on an interview you did recently that you had special permission to promote this from SAG. Is that so? How's that work? Talk to me about that and the strike yeah, overall. Uh, it's, uh, you you ha- have to uh, qualify for an interim agreement. So that means you're, you're, you're on, you know, you're in line with all the new rules. You know, um, and also, I mean, the fact is we qualify because we are indeed a a independent film. OK. Yeah. I use my independent mo- money to start start this film. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. 
if you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion. That girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. How do you feel about, or can you tell me your thoughts on what's going on with the strike? I've, I've interviewed a few, a few actors uh, and writers on the podcast and on my TV show who who were just like, it is what it is prior to it even happening. It is what it is. Um, how would you describe the circumstances for someone who is not an actor? Why are we at an impasse? Obviously you want money, but what are the, what are the, what's the foundation behind this? Well, I, I, I was describing to people who are not actors is that, I mean, you want to be paid for your, your work, been paid for our work for a very long time and had residuals, which is only fair. Now studios are getting getting um paid from the streaming services. They just pay the producers, but those people are not sharing in the proceeds. You know, the, all of the work that is done by all of these people who live from paycheck to paycheck now can't even make a living because um, whereas before it was tracked. When you sold oh, HBO okay. or you came on television, you would receive part of it, you know? And um, so it's, it's terrible that you're, you know, people are benefiting off of your blood. 
you know? it's not tracked on streaming services now. Like uh, if I watch Black Dynamite 10 times, it's not tracked. You wouldn't know it. You know, it's it's tracked, but it, that information is only given to the streaming service itself. Which is why they don't have to pay you accordingly. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah. Are you getting any residual from the streaming streaming service? Pennies. Okay. But uh or nothing. So it's 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 um it's pretty sad. And then this um AI stuff is insane. Insane. And, and can you explain that briefly? Like the AI, they're actually using your name, image, and likeness, let's go college sports here, to create what they need to create without your um, not you per se, but I'm just saying without the actor's consent, is that what you're having experiencing now? They're saying they, they want to take your image and be able to use it as many times as they want. That's like literally like they own you. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, if, if somebody uses my image against my will, I should have the right to sue that person. Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. How do you, how do you see this being resolved? If you could forecast, well, I mean, uh, I think, I think a lot of a lot more films like mine are going to be made, things outside of that system, uh, independently, and uh, I think once it trickles in to the moviegoer and and the public at large. When they realize what's being done to their fellow Americans and they really empathize, I think things will change. Yeah. I don't, I don't see if the average person knows that these services are, are just, you know, just screwing people and, and, and benefiting from their hard work. I can't see how, um, especially in this, this, this society, that's, you know, tried to correct a lot of things. Um, they, they don't want to be on the wrong side of this. And they very well, well might be once more and more people learn about it. Yeah. Once the, once the public is educated, once we really understand what's happening in real time. And I don't know when that moment will happen, but I do believe it's unfair. And because they're, do, does, do the studios have any pressure to, to, to cave? Is there any incentive for them to say, you know what, we should meet them halfway, we should be giving them something, there should be a, some benefit for them? Yeah, see, but the, the thing is, it's the stock, it's the shareholders. They want I their money. There's studios who really want to work, you know, work at it, but shareholders are in it for only monetary gain. Sure. So they're not, you know, it's not, they're not artists. Uh, but they're going to be affected as well. Um, studios are missing out on a lot, but they have content that can sustain them for a while. Just a bit, not too much. Yeah, that, that's going to that's gonna run out. Yeah, it's not anything good to watch. I'm surfing, I'm surfing and surfing, except for Outlaw Johnny Black. I'm surfing and surfing, thank God, well, or something. Well, yeah, we're we are doing something about it, you know? Um, so... You know, I, I feel like it's a great time for us to come out because, you know, in this, this divisive world right now, 
mm-hmm. and to to get together and laugh mm-hmm. and, and and really kind of i mean i'm talking about it this is a story of like redemption and forgiveness and moving on and it takes things like um you know I, I kind of crafted this after black wall street mm. a town that was founded by freed black people that were coming into their prominence before uh, you know, outside terror forces came in to destroy their towns. And there were like over a hundred tr- uh, atrocities like this in the United States. And so we were well aware uh, of the horrors of the past, but I dare present a way that we can put it and put that in the past and move ahead and obtain our, our, our prosperous future. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful, Michael. Beautiful. Um, I have taken far too much of your time. You have entertained me. I have been tickled and educated. Thank you very much. I really do. And, and by the way, why wouldn't I be? Because that's what you do. So I appreciate it. I want to say two things. I want to apologize to Marcus for judging him. It's <laughs> the first thing. So I'm sorry, Marcus. And I want to say thank you to Michael because you are such a pleasure and a delight. I'm not even offended. You don't even remember me. We spent 15 days together straight in Africa. You're like, I don't remember you, young lady. I don't know what you're doing. Well, I, hey, I don't know now. Okay, when you, I'm like, remember when we was in Ghana in the motherland? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, well, yeah I, I sound kind of bad when you put it that way. Yeah, in the motherland with the people. Yeah. thank you so much for doing this you're funny and a pleasure please everybody go out and support outlaw johnny black um you're you're a treasure to the culture and really really a genius i appreciate it thank you thank you as we close out the podcast again i want to give michael jai white um thanks huge congratulations on this latest project uh he is a treasure and he should be appreciated for what he's doing Uh, But I also want everyone to understand what he was talking about with the writer's strike and the actors. The streaming services are not paying people for the work that they are doing. It's only right to pay someone if you're going to use their name, image, and likeness. It's the same battle that is happening in sports. I'll bring it back to my world. These student athletes have been making millions billions, let me correct myself, billions of dollars for universities in the NCAA for years and years and years since its inception. And finally, someone said enough is enough. You have to pay these kids for what they're doing. They're amateur athletes and they need to be paid as such. And essentially, that's what's happening with these actors and these writers. They're not being paid for the work that they are doing. And they're not being paid, but the shareholders are profiting. These studios are making money. And they deserve their money. They deserve their residuals. They deserve to be compensated for their likeness. And so we stand firm with those who are picketing and protesting. And hopefully we can get this resolved in a way that is kind and decent. In the meantime, in between time, we appreciate you for listening to the podcast. We will be back next week. Have a good one, everyone. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. 
Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.